in the previous podcast where I'm going through the whole book of Isaiah, I made it all the way up to uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 42. And in the book of Isaiah chapter 42, we're starting to talk now about God's servant. And I'll tell you about a few things about this. Um, He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. Now that's a really important passage. That's not the whole verse. And as prophesied, I will speak to God's children line upon line. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. And so I'm not reading the whole verses on these because I can't read every verse in the book of Isaiah. And these podcasts... Uh, and say all that I hope to say, uh, my word. So when we think about this, um, tell he have set judgment in the earth. It's important that we know what judgment is. Judgment is right judgments. And I want you to know that God's judgments are perfect. And everyone knows that. When we're judged by God, no one ever complains. No one's ever offended. His judgments are perfect. And uh, even though more than half of God's children do go to heaven after judgment, um, almost half of all of God's children that have lived in the earth go to hell. I'm talking about children. Uh, men and women from the earth only, not other worlds. And when we know God's judgments and we know his law, when we know those things, then we start to really understand that it's much better when we do uh, things that are right in God's eyes, when we know his word and his law. And in the next podcast, I'll talk about the law. And you're like, wow, that sounds fucking excellent. I mean, that's what I think you'll probably say. So this is really important because uh, in the book of Isaiah chapter 42, we're starting to talk about things now. Because maybe many of God's children have enough knowledge that I can talk about the law, righteousness, future prophecies, the day of the Lord, and a new heaven and a new earth, uh, everlasting life and things like that. But until God's children have kind of a foundation of knowledge, which you might have if you hear the previous podcast, then um, it will all make sense. So I'll talk about the law for a moment because that'll be very important. If we live in uh, a place where... Um, all the murderers die that day. So if there's a murder, the murderer is found, they're caught, and they die that day, then there's no murderers in the land. That's better. When every man who rapes a woman uh, dies the very same day. There's no six-month trials that become a year-long trial. They don't go to jail for three years and then come back out and start raping again. When the rapist dies, it's better. And when there's no human traffickers, no child molesters, no rapists, no murderers, no men that fuck each other in the ass, and no one that worships someone who isn't God. It's just a lot better. And then for other uh, transgressions of the law, some of them are sins worthy of death, like witchcraft, and most of you don't even know what that is. And then there's sorcery. I don't know if anyone even does that in the earth at this time. Sins worthy of death. But a lot of the other ones, like stealing bread or something, that's we get stripes sometimes for that, according to the judges. But when, uh, when the law's fulfilled, there, there's no living murderers. They're all dead. There's no rapists. There's no human traffickers. It's better. According to uh, my judgments, no man or woman should ever be a slave. Now, God's judgments are better than mine. And so there's rare times when a man or woman might be in captivity or they might be a slave. And often they might find uh, something important out about that. So for instance, if there's a man that lives in Babylon and he's, he wants to go to Israel and take everyone in Israel as a captive or a slave, let's say a slave, and bring them back to Babylon and make all the men eunuchs and cut their dicks and their balls off. This man, if he's lucky, he might not do any of that. It'd be horrible sins to uh, mutilate their bodies like that. But there's many of them. I don't want to go about all the sins he might commit, okay? I, I didn't list them. And I think it's an awful thing to go kidnap someone. 
and take them someplace else. That sounds like human trafficking to me. That's awful. And then uh, making them a slave, I think that's wrong. According to my judgments, that's wrong. And I think it's always wrong in God's eyes, almost. But if this man is fortunate enough to be taken captive by someone in Israel, he might learn about them and he might realize, you know, I thought they were the murderers. They're not. There's no murderers in Israel except those that have been taken captive. And when they try to steal a man or a woman, those men and women might fight back. And those that hope to steal men and women and make them slaves might end up committing murder. And that's a sin worthy of death. They might find out in Israel they're um, kind, hopefully, that they know about righteousness and kindness and gentleness and compassion and mercy and peace. And so a man that thinks to go to Israel and steal men and make them a eunuch and bring them back to Babylon might find out he's wrong and he might realize it's bad to be in captivity and then maybe he'll repent you know so there's exceptions and there are things that I don't understand but I don't like slavery and a judgment uh, one of God's judgments in fact if you use a Bible app and you just Bible search the word judgment the first um, mention in the uh, Bible where he says now these are the judgments there's there's um, one, two, three, four other mentions. But in Exodus 21, verse 1, it reads, Now these are the judgments without which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, which sometimes men would sell themselves into uh, like a, as a servant, you know, because they didn't have any money and they buy, uh, someone would buy a servant and then that servant would get paid. Maybe they had to pay off debt or something. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years shall he serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. So he doesn't have to buy his freedom or anything. So this in this judgment, the first judgment in Exodus 21, it's freedom. So it's important to know God's judgments. A lot of things you might have heard about God's judgments are not true. This is a judgment in the book of Exodus chapter 1, verse 2. And uh, it's freedom. It's important to know what we're talking about. So when we get back to the book of Isaiah chapter 42, at that time I'll talk about God's judgments, his laws, his statutes, his ordinances, precepts, the covenant, the covenants, and other things. And... Uh, then there'll be more knowledge. In Israel, I'll talk a lot. And in the world, I might talk about uh, some things about God on podcasts or in interviews on the news or something. Eventually, every, um, every man and woman in the earth will hear my words. And in Israel, I might you know, have secret teachings that I tell them. Or I, I might tell them more because they might have more of a foundation of knowledge after they hear my words for so long. And better than my words are God's words. And they might hear God's words more in Israel as well. So then I might be able to uh, teach them things. Some things I might keep secret though. And so I won't tell the whole world everything. Now this is important because in the book of Isaiah chapter 42, it's talking very clearly about God's servant. And this is important. He says, who was blind but my servants or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Many of God's children have ears, but they don't use them to hear the truth. Many of God's children have eyes, but they look away at the wrong time. And when we don't know God's law, we are like blind men groping in the way, lost. We're lost without God's word. And without God's law, we are like blind men. And so one way that we can understand God's word is to hear uh, the Messiah speak, saying meaning and interpreted. In Isaiah 43, God speaks again. And now we're talking about uh, God gathering his people. Here he's talking about his servant. What will his servant do? His servant will do things that maybe other men and women don't do. 
and God will do these things as well. This is important. God says, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. Not only are we lost without uh, God's word and without God's law, we're like blind men groping in the way. But when we depart from God, we might find ourselves robbed and spoiled. When we turn away from him, we might find ourselves snared in holes and hid in prison houses. So who will go to the prison houses and loose the prisoners? Free the prisoners. I don't know which words you would use. Many of God's children are unjustly imprisoned. Some of them are in prison because they uh, stole bread, which is a transgression. But according to God's law, they might get a couple of stripes, maybe one or none, maybe five or seven stripes. And then that man or woman who stole bread might go back to work the next day. Children might not get any stripes. They just might get a talking to about it. Other men and women are in prison because they smoked marijuana. And in God's law, there's no law against smoking marijuana. A lot of us uh, in the earth, if we do something that offends evil men in the earth, they might think to put us in prison houses unjustly. And um, I'd like in my lifetime to see many of them freed. God talks a lot about um, gathering his people. Isaiah 43 verse 8 reads, Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. For those of you that are willing to use your eyes to read the Holy Bible King James Version and to use your ears to hear the words spoken by a man or a woman reading the Holy Bible King James Version, then maybe, maybe you're someone who's not as blind. But many of God's children are blind. They refuse to read God's word. When there's injustice, they refuse to look at it, to do anything about it. And although many of us might hope to do something, one day might come when we can. Many of God's children are deaf. They have ears, but it's as if they're deaf. They refuse to hear the truth. Some of these men and women that are blind and deaf, their uh, foolish heart might be darkened. They might be as a mute person, a dumb person who can't speak. Dumb in the old way of saying it means they can't speak. It doesn't mean stupid. And later it became that, I guess. I'm not sure why. Maybe we thought a person who's stupid would be better if they didn't talk. Like a false prophet. I have a podcast on what is a false prophet. You might want to listen to it. It's a answer you've never heard before. No one on the earth has ever heard that answer. At least parts of it. So when we um, look at this, God's going to gather his people. Some of these that are blind and deaf, they might be very wicked or evil men. They might think to come and kill and murder in Israel or in other places. And we know who God is. He says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. God is our Savior. Now, Jesus can save you from hell and death, but there is no Savior besides God. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and you believe that another man needed to die for your sins because you, otherwise you would have died, and you start to understand that, you might have a lot of pain in your heart, and you might fall to your knees with tears in your eyes. So if you don't understand that, then maybe you need to learn about Jesus Christ and read God's word written in the Holy King James Bible and spoken. Uh, or maybe you need to hear it spoken by a man or woman who speaks it exactly as it's written. Maybe you need to learn about Jesus Christ. God is the Lord, our Holy One, the creator of Israel, our King. We need to know who God is in the earth. Many men and women talk about God, but they don't know who he is. How often does a Christian pastor say that God is the Lord, our Holy One, the creator of Israel, our King? 
Maybe, sometimes. Some might say it more than others, but we need to know who God is. And um, here God says, The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, they shall shew forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. I'll tell you what this means. It might be that only beasts and dragons and owls honor God. You might think of lizards or something with dragons. Maybe God will bring the dragons back. It's not what we saw in movies. But maybe um, the, maybe they'll be uh, the only ones. Or maybe there'll be many more beasts and dragons and owls honoring God than uh, men and women in the earth. Even though God does amazing miracles over and over again. He's going to do new things. He's going to make a way in the wilderness. And he's going to gather his people. God's fucking amazing. But do they honor him? He is their father. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You know, it's one of the first commandments. You can call it the law or a commandment. We can honor God. So God talks about something he's going to do. He'll do a new thing. He'll make a way in the wilderness. He says here, uh, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people. I think many of God's children, uh, when he gathers his people um, and they come to Israel, will go away they knew not and have water to drink and they won't faint maybe they won't be weary okay but they might not give any honor to him and that's to me that's fucking sad he is their i mean god is your father now he talks about his people this people i have formed for myself they shall shew forth my praise and so eventually god's children will shew forth his praise but you have a problem if you're not honoring your father and you're doing a lot of the wrong things, you might be praying day and night for money. But then God might provide a great many things for you. Water he might make a way for you. And you might not even thank him for that. You might not give him any honor either. You might not honor him. I'm not sure exactly how to give someone honor, but you might not honor your father. I bet you know how. I bet you can think of a few things you, you could do that you haven't done. Maybe I give honor day and night to him. I'm not, I'm not sure what that means, but... I think about God continually, and I'm the Messiah. So maybe you can honor him occasionally. Start with that. How about starting with once? Because God's given you uh, water to drink, and he's made a way for you. And you are one of his children. Call upon him. Don't be weary of him. And so you have a problem. You might be praying for money day and night. Why don't you start by thanking him for things that he's given you? Why don't you start by learning who he is or asking him? Who he is, asking about him. Ask him. Pray right now. Father, who is God? Amen. Ask him again and again. And each time you ask, wait until he answers before you ask again. If he doesn't answer, wait about 30 seconds to do it again. Learn about God. Try to find out who God is. So and when I go through the book of Isaiah now, what I'd like to do is slow way down and read every verse. That's something I'll do in the future. And over and over again, there's a huge problem. Many of God's children, they, they might just depart from God over and over again. And then they're praying to God for things like money and then they don't honor him. And then now we get to Isaiah 44 and now they're worshiping false gods again. And this will happen in the future, unfortunately. Many of you might uh, be doing the wrong thing as well. Let's hear it. They have not known nor understood. Are you trying to know God or understand his word? You don't have to do it 24 hours a day. But can you try a little bit? Can you get a King James Bible? You can. It's great. For he has shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. 
you know, maybe it's so you can't see or understand a lot of things in your life, but you can understand something. You need to think about God. You need to repent of your sins. And here God says, And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. So now we know who God's talking about. He's talking about men and women that uh, worship false gods. So when we talk about uh, men's foolish hearts being darkened, we're talking about men who uh, worship false gods or graven images. And so the book of Isaiah chapter 44 says a lot, uh, but I, I don't want to say all, what all of it means. It says a lot about, I think, a lot of other things. And so let's go to Isaiah 45. We need to know about God. Again, I am the Lord and there is none else. What does that mean? Many women and the men in the earth might try to find out, is there another Lord? No, there is one. God is the Lord and there is none else. Is there another God beside him? No. God said, there is no God beside me. And so a lot of these questions people have, they keep saying, who is God? What are they trying to find out? Is there another God someplace else? How many gods are there? There's one. Is there another God someplace else? No, there's just one. And then you might think, well, maybe I'll try to make my own God. Maybe you understand idolatry now and false God of worship. And so then we've got another problem. Somebody starts to commit idolatry and, you know, maybe they get rebuked by God. Maybe they know it's wrong. And what do they do? Strive with God. Maybe they say no. Maybe they start being stubborn and rebellious or striving with him. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. In Isaiah 45, God says in verse 13 about a man who shall let go God's captives, not for price nor reward. Now, it's, if there's ever any confusion who said this, it says here, saith the Lord of hosts. That's our Father. That, that is God. There is one God. There is one Lord. Now, what does this mean? Many of us might try to go free prisoners, but then we might say, what's the payment? How much will I get paid? When we do things that are right, we do it because it's right, not because we get paid. Now, many of you might say, well, I don't know those prisoners. I don't want to help them for free. Here's my answer. Well, if you were a prisoner, maybe other men might feel the same way about you. So I care about all of God's children. And hopefully one day I can see many of God's captives being let go. Now, many of you might think, uh, when we start hearing about the day of the Lord, maybe you hear lies. And someone might say that God made the earth to be burned. And he made you to all burn in hell and to die. And you might hear that God made the earth to kill everyone. That's not true. Now, I want to make it really clear who says this. I'll say it first, and I'll say who says this. Okay, the liars, the false prophet, the antichrist, and the devil will say that, as, as well as many others possibly. But here's what God said. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. God our Father, the Lord, our Creator, formed the earth to be inhabited, not to be destroyed. He gave us life, and He didn't do it just to burn us in hell. So the false prophet might think to tell you over and over again when He's in the earth, and He might be here sooner than you think when He's finally in the earth, when you can see Him. Um, you might uh, hear a lie. The false prophet wants you to believe that God wants to burn everyone in hell for no reason. But God gave you life. He didn't make you just to burn you in hell. And God made the earth. He established it. 
And uh, the false prophet might say, well, God spoke in a secret, in a dark place of the earth. And you might say, oh, really? Can you prove it? And he'd say, no, but I... But God wanted you to seek him in vain. That's not true. God's answered that. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. So a lot of the lies we're going to hear are easily answered by God. And God answered before the liars speak the lies. If you read the book of Isaiah real slow, uh, maybe starting chapter 42, like we did in this podcast, when you hear the false prophet, you might say, oh, that's a lie. Then the false prophet speaks again. You say, oh, there's another lie from the false prophet. How do you know? Because you know the word of God. And when you know the word of God, the false prophet shuts his mouth. I know him. He's an idiot. So again, in the book of Isaiah chapter 46, you might start to learn about a lot of errors men and women make. They start to compare God to men. And it's a, and worse, they compare God to idols. It's a stupid thing to do. Um, God can do all things. God's the most legendary motherfucker, the most badass. God's the most legendary hero of war. God's the most kind and the most gentle, the most righteous. God's the most peaceful. And God's the best at everything. God's the best at making peace. God's the best at making war. And so you might think that, well, let's compare God to an idol. Well, an idol can't do any of those things. God is the most holy, the most righteous, the most perfect, the most faithful, the most loving, the most kind. God is the most strong. He's the most amazing. He's the most fun and the most funny. God's fucking amazing, and I know him. He speaks to me every day. So um, don't compare God to a man. When we talk about uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 47, there's a lot I want to say. Now, he's talking about... people here coming down sitting down maybe maybe he's, this might be a, a time to sit down and listen to some words and then those people might be ashamed he says come down and sit in the dust O virgin daughter of babylon it sounds to me like he's chastising everyone that's doing what babylon is doing so in the future babylon will be there and many of god's children might start to do in the earth what they do in babylon okay he says more and then he says thy nakedness shall be uncovered so maybe a lot of these embarrassing and shameful things, let's say shameful, the men and women do, they might hear when they hear a rebuke, but they need to sit down and if they listen, then they maybe, maybe they'll stop doing those things. What are they going to do in Babylon? Murder? Worship rocks? Graven images? Idols? Molten images? They're like, oh, it's made of metal. Is it God? No. It's made of steel. Somebody went and got it. Can it speak? No. So in Babylon, they're going to do idiotic things. And uh, they're going to murder. There's going to be a lot of uh, sexual sin there. A lot of men fucking each other in the ass, kind of. I mean, it's going to get a little tricky with the sexual sin, but they're going to have a lot of murder in Babylon. And Babylon's a fucking wicked nation. And then one day, if for those that live long enough and observe Babylon, they might understand why Babylon's called the great whore. So it's a bad thing. And so in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, what we might hear about is the rebuke. Uh, now, you might think, what words will be spoken? Well, in verse 3 it says thy nakedness shall be uncovered these words and every word written afterwards and um, here in chapter 47 verse 7 this might be a rebuke for Babylon and thou sayest I shall be a lady forever but you won't Babylon you will burn book of Revelation talks about that alright and there's a warning but these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day the loss of children and widowhood now, there's a lot of 
other things here. Sorceries, enchantments, all kinds of weird shit they're going to try to come up with in uh, Babylon. Because they're a bunch of fucking weirdos. You might think none of that's real. Well, if you live long enough, some of you might actually see it. But it's more likely to be your children or your children's children to see that weird shit. And they're going to burn. So those that hear the rebuke in the book of Isaiah chapter 47 might live. Think of Isaiah 47 as a rebuke for your children or your children's children if they live in Babylon or if they do things like what Babylon does. People that do that are going to burn. Now you start to understand hell. What's the problem with uh, sorcery and murder? It's bad. Okay, and then there will be burning. Burning isn't for everyone for no fucking reason. So, um, who they murder? The righteous, those that like God's word, read it and speak it and hear it. Like, oh, you read the Bible? They would want to murder you or something. They're just fucking weird down there. And it'll happen in the future. And if you don't believe it now, maybe it's because you don't think it'll happen in your lifetime. But don't dismiss it because it might happen in your child's lifetime or your grandchildren's lifetime. Now, God's going to do things for his namesake. In uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, he's still talking about Babylon. But now, who are the words for? The house of Jacob. But those that are in Babylon, or those that are doing things like Babylon, if they're wise even a little bit, maybe they'll hear the book of Isaiah, chapter 48 also. I mean, let's be honest. It takes, what does it take? 15 minutes to read two chapters of the Bible? Isaiah 47 and 48. And if someone's so lazy that they won't even hear two chapters of the Bible, I mean, that's fucking lazy. They, they might live 75 years, a whole lifetime, but they don't have 15 minutes to read it themselves or to hear someone else speak it to them. They can just sit down and listen. It's not hard. And then maybe they won't burn and then die. And then burn in hell after they burn in the earth. So now he's speaking about Babylon again. And he finishes... Um, Verse 20, 21, 22. Go ye forth of Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. So there might be men and women from, uh, they might call Jacob down in Babylon at that time. Maybe they'll flee and leave and be like, fuck, we're redeemed. You know. And then there's more and there's more and there's more. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. So a lot of you that hear this verse, you might say, what the fuck does that verse mean? Is God going to kill everyone? Here, we're thinking about Babylon in the future. At least think about it in that context. Who in Babylon? Maybe everyone who stays and doesn't leave. But we're talking about murderers. I mean, lots of blood. Blood. Blood of the saints. Blood of the saints. Who are the saints? Those that read God's word and speak it sometimes. And you're like, oh, that's a horrible offense. Well, if you think God's word's offensive, you might be a murderer. And then you might burn. And if you think this is very wrong, you're like, fuck, more murderers killing a man or a woman or a child because they said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Like, fuck, that is wicked. That is evil. That is wrong. It needs to come to an end. It will. Babylon will burn. In Isaiah 49, again, God says, listen, O isles, unto me. Now, who's saying this? A man is saying this, and he's going to mention God. He says, and he who, God, the Lord, and God hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft, and his quiver hath he hid me. One day I'll speak these words in the earth. 
many of you might say, where was the Messiah? Well, God hid me in the shadow of his hand. He hid me in his quiver. But what are you going to do when God lets you out, when he looses you? Well, God made me like, made me like a polished shaft. That's an arrow loosed from a bow. Well, what happens when you speak? God made my mouth like a sharp sword. So if someone's really kind and patient, I might speak really kind and gentle words. Where I am, there is peace and there is joy and there is wisdom. But if someone's wicked as fuck, I might uh, say some really sharp words to them. I don't want to explain all that. And I'll say the next thing. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Uh, I'm going to say all these words. And maybe other men in the future will say these as well. When we read God's word, a lot of these things that men and women do that you think are legendary, like King David or Moses or Abraham, uh, Jesus Christ, a lot of the things they did are things that any man or any woman could do. What, what does this man do? He is a servant. Okay? He is a servant. Can you speak God's words? Anyone can. Now, that doesn't make you the Messiah. It doesn't make you the suffering servant. All right. Now, here's something God will do. And I will make all my mountains away, and my highway shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far and low, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. When you, when you hear this, you know there's way more to it than you might think. You're like, oh, 10 people? Or a bunch of people from one nation? There is way more to this. And I think you all know, as the spirit within us testifieth of the truth. So there's a lot to do here, uh, and a lot to talk about in this um, chapter 49 of the book of Isaiah. But I'll tell you um, what will happen when I'm in the earth. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to whom man despiseth, that's me, to whom the nation abhorreth, oh, that's me, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes shall princes also shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel and he shall choose thee many of the uh, men and women in Israel might want God to choose someone else rather than me because I'm perfect and they want someone who's flawed because when I'm perfect they might feel ashamed of their sin I've never sinned and I never will and they might want God to choose someone else but God will choose me God is faithful God is the Holy One of Israel And I have things to do. If you want to know what some of them are, read uh, verse 8. God will preserve me and give me for a covenant of the people to establish the earth. Now, I want to make it really clear. That's not a light. Maybe it's a light thing. but That's not a small thing that any man or any woman can do right now. There isn't one man in all of the heavens, the heaven, or the earth. There isn't one of God's children that can establish the earth. Only God can do this. And God's going to give me to establish the earth. Now, a lot of you might think, well, what is the Messiah going to do? He's going to establish the motherfucking earth. Okay? I'm going to fucking bring it. And I'm going to do things that no man has ever done. So if you think, like, man, I could really, I'd really like to know what the Messiah is going to do. I'm going to do everything God said I'm going to do. And there's more. There's a lot. It isn't just one thing. You know, many of us might think that Jesus will come back and just speak the same words he spoke before. He's going to speak different words. And you might think the Messiah, if you're a Christian, is just going to speak the same words as Jesus. 
or just the words of the prophets. But I'm going to do a lot more. And those of you that are in Israel, you might think that the prophets, when Zephaniah or Zechariah or Malachi or Isaiah, when they're back in the earth, you might think they'll just speak the same prophecy. And they will, but they might say more. Okay, many of us in Israel might exceed your expectations and others might disappoint you. All the kings in Israel, every one of them, has uh, sinned greatly while they were in heaven. I think every one of them worshipped the devil at least once. And I think every one of them to this day plans to come to Israel when, after God raises them from the dead and they plan to serve the devil. They might disappoint you. And then uh, babes shall rule over them. The princes might tell them what the fuck to do. Because even King David doesn't even seem to know what the fuck that means. So when we get the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, you're going to get into something that's going to get real confusing for everyone, unless I say this, I think. A lot of the things that are written there are things that God will do, and things that I, I'm the Messiah, I'm Del Travis Maynard, things that I will do. God will do it, and I will do it. Now, everything God does is perfect and very good. And God does everything better than me, but I'll do some things that he'll do. So let's go in here to... Uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 50. Now God says, I clothe the heavens with blackness and I make sackcloth their covering. God will do this. Okay. Now what did God give me? The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. So I can speak well. Okay. Now God, every word of God is a perfect word, but I'll speak perfect words sometimes. So when we get to Isaiah 50, I want to make it really clear. God said, wherefore, when I came, there was no man. It's a question. None of you can answer this, but I can. And I might ask you the same question. And none of you can answer this, but I can. And God knows all things. God asks again, when I called, was there none to answer? I might also call. Is, God said, is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? The answer is no, your hand is not shortened. Yes, it can redeem. Yes, God can do all things. Yes, you can redeem. Another question. Or have I no power to deliver? No. That's not the right way that we say it in the earth. God can do all things. God has all power. He can deliver. Okay, God can deliver. There's an answer that you can say now. Now you have an answer. If God says, or have I no power to deliver, you can say, God can deliver. And then maybe fall on your knees for a moment. Humble yourself and then pray or something. Humble yourself and fall on your knees. All right. So now I'll start getting into the next chapter. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Now, this is really important because I might say this word. I might think that I say it a lot. You might say it from time to time. I'm going to talk about God over and over again because you in the earth don't know much about him. And You'll, you might think that you do, and then you'll hear me speak, and then you'll know something that you've never known, often, if you hear my words about God. Now, God says, hearken unto me, my people. What I might do is stand between God and the people and tell you over and over again, hearken unto God, hearken unto God, until you figure that out. You pay attention and you listen with your ears, and you don't cover your ears with your hands, and you don't turn away from God and run away when God says, repent of your sins. I want you to know who God is and why it's foolish to do that. So I might say the exact same words as God. Now, Isaiah 51, many of you might have thought, can anyone be the Messiah? 
If you're a Jew, you might have thought this. In fact, if you're a Christian, you probably didn't think this, but if you're a Jew, you might have heard this for much of your life. God speaks in Isaiah 51, verse 18, There is none to guide her among all the sons whom she hath brought forth. So every man who's been born in Israel or among the children of Israel, there isn't one. There is none to guide her among all the sons whom she has brought forth. Now, we're talking about she has brought forth also Israel, learning the Israel stuff, the rabbi books and things like that. I'm not picking on the rabbis. What I am saying is that there's none yet. So if you want to be the Messiah, if you're thinking, am I worthy to be the Messiah? Can you guide her? Can you guide Israel? Next, neither is there any that taketh her by the hand of all the sons that she hath brought up. So if you're thinking about being the Messiah, I'm going to talk to you like you're a man. But can are you willing to take every man and every woman in Israel by the hand one at a time and go with them where they go and make sure they're safe and that they succeed and go with them until they finish every task? Will you take them by the hand? Will you take her by the hand? All of Israel. And do you know what that means? If you want to be the Messiah, consider those words. Can you do those things? And are you willing to? Because if not, then you're not the Messiah. And I've asked that question often. And so far, no one has said yes to any of these questions that I've asked. Not one man and not one woman. No one has said yes to any of those questions yet. Maybe one day I'll ask an easy, easy question. Maybe someone will say yes to that one. <laughs> I'll finally say yes. They've said yes one time. Okay. Now we get to Isaiah. This is a really famous Messiah passage among those, um, whether you're a Christian or a Jew or someone that's curious about the Word of God, you might have heard this passage. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Now, let me tell you what this means. Interpreted, the mountains are the prophets. And so when we stand, when we have a solid foundation of truth coming from the knowledge of every word of God spoken by the prophets, then we might have a solid foundation upon which we can stand having higher knowledge. How do we know what the word of God means? Interpreted, meaning spoken by the Messiah. What are the good tidings? Everlasting life, peace, hope, faith in God. God will protect us. God is a God of faithful promises. He is a perfect father to all of his children. He has always been a perfect father to all of his children at all times. That publisheth peace. There's too much, I can't tell you at all. That bringeth good tidings of good. That publisheth salvation. What are the good tidings of good? Our father is the good shepherd. He is a good father. He is our only father. We are all his children. He is our heavenly father. And everything God does is very good. And every word God speaks is very good. There's more. So now you know something more about the Messiah. For even, even those of you that might think you want to be the Messiah, I bet many or all of you just now chose me to be your Messiah. And you want me to be the, the Messiah right now. <laughs> Isaiah 53. This is the famous suffering servant passage in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 53... 
Um, we hear uh, some passages that Christians all think this is about Jesus Christ, and Jews expect the Messiah to be someone who suffers. And I did a whole um, podcast on this, but I'm going to summarize it really quick. Who hath believed our report? I'll tell you right now, all, uh, very few. And maybe some believe the report somewhat. What is the report? Maybe you could consider every chapter in the book of Isaiah. God is perfect in every way. He is our Father and a God of faithful promises. And when we do what's right in God's eyes, maybe he'll bless us in ways better than we ever imagined, better than we ever hoped for, and better than we ever prayed for. Maybe the report is don't sin. Repent of all your sin. Don't worship someone who isn't God. Don't murder. Don't rape. Don't be a child molester. Don't practice sorcery and witchcraft. Don't be a man that fucks other men in the ass. Don't worship someone who isn't God. Don't claim to be God. Don't claim to be Jesus Christ. Don't be a false prophet and a liar. Some sort of weird body... Not bodies. I think, um, false prophets, what they do is they find a target. They find someone that's respected. And then they start to pretend to be that man. And then the false prophet tries to find murderers to kill the respected man. And when the respected man's dead, the false prophet claims to be that man. During the time of Elijah, there was a prophet named Elijah. There was Elijah the Tishbite and Elijah the prophet. Elijah the Tishbite, I think, was a foreigner from a foreign nation. And his name might not even be, have been Elijah, but maybe he changed his name to Elijah, so we call him Elijah. So the Bible's not wrong, and we, we call him Elijah the Tishbite. He began to call himself Elijah, and he tried to speak the word of the Lord. Now, Elijah the Tishbite knew who God was. And if you read the book uh, uh, of Kings, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, you'll get a lot in there about Elijah. And then if you really pay attention, you might start to figure out which is the prophet. The prophet Elijah, Elijah the prophet, spoke the word of God perfectly. Elijah the Tishbite was a violent, child-snatching, bumbling dumbfuck. Elijah the Tishbite was with the woman that had the meal, uh, flour, the, the flour and the oil. And then um, Elijah snatched her son out of her fucking arms and stuffed him up in a fucking attic and laid her son out on a bed and called it his own bed. It's not his bed. I mean, it is where he slept. It's not a lie. It was that woman's bed. Elijah the Tishbite was just staying there. He's a fucking child-snatching weirdo that stuffs children up in a fucking attic. And, I mean, he's just fucking weird. A lot, and I know him. Uh, Elijah the Tishbite, he's actually the Antichrist, the man that you might call the beast from the book of Revelation chapter 19. He's a fucking violent man. He has no sense of personal space. He, he's a space invader. So he wanted to be Elijah. He wanted to be Elisha after Elijah. There was Elisha. He wanted to be Jehu, king. God told Elijah the Tishbite what to do. Now, you'll see when God spoke to Elijah the Tishbite, God told Elijah exactly what to say. And then Elijah the Tishbite spoke a different word. A prophet always speaks God's words perfectly. And Elijah the Tishbite changed God's words. So a false prophet wants to be someone else. He might have tried to get those 450 servants of Baal. They might have just been his friends from another nation. He might have tried to get them to kill Elijah the prophet. And then later, who did he want to be? Another prophet. And then who did he want to be after that? A king. Uh, the false prophets want you to kill the real prophets. They want you to kill the king, and then the false prophet wants to sit on that king's throne. Then they want to send you to kill God, and they claim to be God. So who is Elijah the Tishbite? A man that claims to be a prophet. He did before, and he does now. He's a man that wants you to kill a king, so he can claim to be a king. He's a man that wants you to kill the Messiah, that's me, so he can claim to be the Messiah. And then he wants to sit in the temple of God and claim to be God. That's what false prophets do. 
The other false prophet is a man that claims to be Enoch in the Bible. False prophets, maybe they all do this. Lucifer claims to be someone he's not. Lucifer's often claimed to be Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, he's done that, I think, thousands of years. Lucifer's a fucking idiot. <clears throat> so when we get to the Messiah, what do we got? We got a problem. Men and women throughout the whole earth claiming to be God. They're not God. Sinning over and over again. Now you get to the, the Isaiah 53, it's about me. My name is Del Travis Maynard and I'm the Messiah. I'm a man who's never sinned and I'll never sin again. I will never sin, ever. So what happened with Jesus? In that life, he didn't sin. In that one life, he didn't sin and he was perfect, okay? But I am a man who's never sinned in any life. I've lived 6,138 years and I'll have everlasting life and I'll never sin. So what's God gonna do if all of you have sinned? Is he gonna hurt all of you? You're just gonna keep sinning and cursing him. In fact, you might have cursed him when you fell down and bumped your knee and hated him and stopped hearing the word and stopped going to church and stopped reading the Bible because your knee hurt one time. So why am I afflicted? Listen to that other podcast. Isaiah 54 is a faithful promise. What happens after the affliction of children? Isaiah 54 is about me, Del Travis Manor. When it says, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, that word is for me. And one day I'll talk about Isaiah 54 and what it means in detail. So if you've never could figure out what Isaiah 54 is about, don't be embarrassed. There are pastors that went to Bible college and maybe even rabbis, but definitely pastors that will say to you, no one in the whole earth knows what Isaiah 54 means. Now, if you hear me speak, you might listen to this passage and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. If you heard the last podcast, you know who my children are. You might call them adopted if you want, but it's Jesus Christ born again in the earth, Abraham, Sarah, Leah, and Rachel, Isaac, and Jacob. Possibly, possibly all of them, but definitely some of them, definitely Jesus Christ and Abraham. Uh, some of the uh, apostles, including St. Matthew and St. John the Divine. And uh, I think King Josiah and King Solomon for sure. Possibly the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, some of the fathers of the 12 tribes. Those will be my children. They're the princes spoken of earlier in the book of Isaiah. And so if you're thinking to yourself, like, what does this mean? Listen to the other podcast. It'll make a lot more sense, especially if you uh, have read the book of Isaiah at least once every, uh, every chapter. When we go back to the book of Isaiah chapter 3, which I'll do for you briefly, God said, And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Those are the men I just spoke to you about. They lived in the earth. It's not a sin to live. God gave us life. And they've been born again. They'll live again in the earth. In fact, they live right now. And next year, they'll be one year old. Noah. Uh, I think he'll be here soon. Uh, some other men as well. Ruth from the Bible. Bible heroes. You might call them all Bible heroes. When we get to Isaiah 55... Now we're getting into some things that I'm really interested in finally talking about. Men and women of the earth, they waste a lot of money. So, now we're in Isaiah 55 and we're going to hear about David. God makes it really clear about David. Now a lot of Christians I think have been confused about this and that's okay. 
And a big part of it, honestly, Jews maybe as well, uh, and men and women around the world, even if you don't believe in God, you might have heard about reincarnation and rebirth and all this stuff. And you might have been mixed up about it because you thought, you know, is that a sin or is that wrong? Well, just because someone thought about it like one way doesn't make it wrong. God gave us life and it's not a sin to live. And we live in the earth. It's not a sin to live in the earth. And after we die, we can be taken to heaven by an angel. They might touch us on the shoulder with two fingers of their right hand and carry us into heaven. And then we might be before the throne of the Almighty God. And he might, uh, you know, he judges us. And he might give us uh, admission into heaven. Then we might live there as a spirit. We can live there thousands of years, maybe forever. I mean... It's cool. And so then we can live in the earth again. It's not a sin to live in heaven as a spirit. And it's not a sin to be born again. We were born, or we had a mother here in the earth and a father. They fucked. They, you know, we were conceived. We lived. We, you know, all of you who hear this podcast, you'll eventually die. Everyone who sins dies. And um, then uh, maybe you'll live again in the earth. Now, for those of you that are. Heard, heard of my other podcast, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, if the Messiah is 6,138 years old and he's never sinned, why did he die? Because he's obviously said he's had other lives. And that makes sense. And I'll tell you right now, I've suffered probably in all the times that I've lived uh, in a bunch of important ways, possibly in every way that God's children have suffered. If you, if you count every way that every man and woman has ever suffered from the beginning, I might have suffered in already nearly every way that they've suffered you know i haven't had all my bones broken you might think of specific things like well have you been hit by a train you know i've been burned with fire i don't have to have my whole body burned until i'm dead every time and no my purpose isn't just to fucking die quadrillions of times in every possible way i don't even know how many if that would be enough but um maybe it's because so many of you have done the wrong thing and that make, might make sense to you so here we're talking about uh, David. God says, behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. You know, maybe David will finally stop sinning and this time do what's right in God's eyes because David's been fucking sinning. I mean, he is bad right now. I'm going to talk to him right now in heaven and see what he says about this. I'm going to read him this passage, this uh, verse, actually, and then I'm going to ask him, what, you know, when's he going to get his shit together? David's a spirit in heaven, and he said he doesn't want me to say anything because he doesn't want to be ashamed. And I'm not saying the rest because now he's saying some stupid bullshit. I'm just speaking the devil's words. The devil wants everyone to sin. I've talked about that in other podcasts. The devil wants you all to sin because uh, he wants to turn to God. He wants to cause every... The devil thinks he can cause it. He can't. The devil wants to tempt you to sin. And then if every man and woman in the earth sins, he wants to turn to God and say, they've all sinned. And if you're going to burn me, you're going to burn them. And if you're not going to burn them, then you're a hypocrite if you burn me. So if you burn me, burn them. And if you don't burn them, don't burn me or you're a hypocrite. That's what Lucifer might say. And so uh, they're talking about all that dumb bullshit. But I've never sinned. My name is Del Travis Mater, and I'm the last man standing who's never chosen wickedness. <laughs> so now we're going to start talking about this verse. Isaiah 55. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found call ye upon him while he is near. Now that's a very early warning and that's important because before the day of the Lord, uh, it might be hard to find the word of God. There might be a drought of the word of God. In fact, there will be a drought. 
So seek him while he can be found, because at that time you might seek him and not find him. So we're talking about the great and dreadful day of the Lord and things that will happen before then. Isaiah 56, God says, Thus saith the Lord, Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Prepare for the day of the Lord by doing what? Keep ye judgment. What's that? Learn what it is. God's judgments. And hear my words and I'll tell you what they are. And do justice. What's that? It's when you fulfill the law. Let's start with that. For my salvation is near to come. Who? The Lord's salvation. You might be real confused about that. Who is God? There is one God. His name is, the, the Lord is his name. I'll talk about him more and more. So when we talk about Isaiah 55, 56, now we're talking about uh, things that will happen. Now we're, maybe we're talking about the uh, Great Tribulation or some things that happened before it, or things that have always happened from the beginning. The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. So layeth it to heart. You probably won't. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Now, we're, when we're talking about the day of the Lord, we're probably talking about your children, maybe, and probably more than that, your children's children, and maybe even their children, okay? And they might be the righteous who perish, okay? And uh, they might be other men who don't lay it to heart. And maybe none of them will consider that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. So now you've learned something. Maybe the righteous are taken away before these terrible fucking things happen. So now I'm going to talk to you about, uh, about Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus and I'm going to wrap up the book of Isaiah talk in the next podcast. Uh, but when, if you want to prepare for this, maybe consider reading the book of Isaiah chapter 57. And if you have a smartphone, maybe you could play it a couple times because something really strange is going to happen. You're going to find out right here about, uh, in verse 15, something real fucking confusing. Real fucking confusing. And then verse 16 and verse 17. And you're going to be so fucking confused. Unless you read this a few times. Read those three verses a few times. I, I recommend you read the whole chapter at, or hear it from your smartphone at least once, maybe two or three times. And then read those three verses or play those three verses on repeat on your smartphone over and over again. Because you can do like the audio Bible where someone else speaks the word of God to you. It's really important when we get into the next uh, podcast where I wrap up the book of Isaiah.